The world is a college of corporations. You're the big man, I think. You can't handle the truth. Everybody, welcome. It's Monday, June 12, 2023. So today, Monday, uh, we're going to be giving our... Sunday review of the mainstream media. So yesterday on CBS Face the Nation, um, Maggie Brennan was off, but Mr. Dickerson interviewed Rhino, governor of New Hampshire, Chris Sununu, a never-Trumper, who took shots at President Trump by saying federal charges are legitimate but alludes to the fact that the American electorate believes, rightfully so, that the lawfare against Trump is purely political. And on CBS Sunday morning propaganda, correspondent David Pogue weighs in on the Canadian wildfires declaring, (laughs) wait for it, that of course it's because of global warming, or as he puts it, global weirding. And I'll quickly be tearing into the Sunday New York Times showing how the newspaper continually mischaracterizes the facts to mislead the public. So let's get into it. So breaking news, we're starting out with the New York Times. uh, JP Morgan to pay $290 million in settlement with Epstein's victims. And their subhead reads, the proposed deal would settle a suit on behalf of the victims who were sexually abused by Jeffrey Epstein over claims the bank ignored warnings about him. That's not true. What the suit alleged was the fact that the bank helped facilitate his um, child prostitution ring. So we don't have to go into it that far. More importantly, over the weekend, Ted Kaczynski, otherwise known as the Unabomber, died in prison. So... uh Whatever you think of Ted Kaczynski, I don't condone violence, certainly, uh, and the type that he committed. However, if you looked at his manifesto, he was quite quite prescient uh, regarding the modern left and the technocracy that was taking shape even um, back in the 80s. But he saw it uh, as clear as day. And you should, I suggest everybody to read his manifesto, but already the New York Times here is saying that anybody that is interested in what Ted Kaczynski was actually talking about is somehow an extremist. Uh, It has nothing to do with extremism, and it has to do with the mindset of the modern or contemporary political left, and it's, um, and part of the technocracy. And to be honest, because he's, has also become sort of a hero to the left because his views are in, in you know as a militant environmentalist so how do you put those things two things together he's attacking the contemporary left or what he see or saw as the contemporary left but he was also a, a strict and militant environmentalist um and then he had a a, a really stinging critique about um 
technology and how it was consuming, even in the 80s and into the 90s, you barely mentioned the internet, consuming um, the mind of our youth. All I suggest is just like if you're not a Christian or you're not even religious, you should read the Bible. Whether you give a shit about Ted Kaczynski or you don't, you should read his manifesto because whether you want to get inside the head of a serial bomber or, or what have you, you need to read it because the guy was super smart and that he laid out um, this sort of idea that has really um, become our reality uh, lately. So I, I suggest everybody should read it, not, not to become uh, radicalized by uh, anything he might say, but just to have an understanding because you should read <laughs> things you, you should read things that you don't agree with, certainly. Um, and I'm not saying that uh, you do. I agree with some of his uh, statements um, about the mindset of the contemporary left. So let's move on. So in the other stories here uh, from the Sunday New York Times, worldwide, Trump's latest legal woes draw outrage and shrugs. The actual headline in the newspaper um, was a little bit different, uh, but it was the sort of thing it was... Um, the statements about uh, the Department of U.S. Department of Justice bringing charge against the former president on, on a pretty weak case, um, it, it drew outrage and eye rolling was actually the uh, headline in the newspaper. Allies and rivals alike beholding the messiness of America must calculate the risks and opportunities in the latest plot twist of Donald Trump's legal troubles. And if you read into this article by Damian Cave, the other countries can't believe that this is even happening, that a, 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 a leader of the United, a leader, an elected, a former elected official who is the top uh, contender in a presidential race who is a populist, popular among the electorate and has really had everything thrown at him and nothing seems to stick um, because there's nothing there, that the, <laughs> the other countries around the world are, are agape. They look at, at, at what's happening and they're like, they can't even believe it. Um, whatever you think about Donald Trump, um, to bring charges against a former president that aren't um, a murder or something really egregious uh, that has eyewitnesses and, and overwhelming evidence, unlike this. So they say China's propaganda, they keep calling it China. They don't say the communist Chinese. China's propaganda machine, which would normally leap at the U.S. scandal, stayed quiet. Russian commenters called the charges a fake production of the deep state, perhaps. And among American allies in Asia and Europe, there were concerns that the episode hurt not just the former president, but also the United States by highlighting security secrets that were not safe in American hands. That's not true. That it highlights uh, the fragility of democracy when you can have a Department of Justice which is undermining democracy or the democratic process. It's the same thing they did with Marjorie Taylor Greene, you cannot outlaw a candidate. Political speech and political want, as far as wanting a candidate, is, is reign supreme in political speech. 
Yeah, uh, and then they quote a Stenger, a German social democrat. Um, the world, it seems, went gawking again at the messiness of the United States and calculating the costs and opportunities, the latest Trump revelations. Um, so they, as always, they mischaracterize what the world sees as a blatant threat to democracy. And America was supposed to be the beacon of democracy and is, is actually shown to be undoing democracy. Unanswered in the indictments details on Trump's hoarding of documents, why? Again, just like the school shootings, they can't produce any motive. Uh, why did Trump take all these documents? Um, all presidents uh, take documents specifically to get the historical, to get the libraries a historical account of, of his administration correct. And don't forget that these documents were created during his presidency. That's the distinction they're not making is they're acting like he went in and stole documents that were the property of the United States. These were documents that were created during his administration by his administration. And it's only since the uh, National Archive Act is that the National Archive has the right or the deep state or the public, the republic, um, have any right to these documents. They were created by his administration, so he wants to keep them for safekeeping and then to be secured in his library to give a historical account uh, of his presidency and his, his administration because that he fears the, uh, the deep state, the bureaucracy, the permanent bu uh, bureaucracy in Washington was going to write the history of his, president's, his presidency unfairly. And that's what all presidents do when they take documents. Vice presidents are not allowed to take documents. Senators are not allowed to take classified documents. It, it, it's only presidents. So the, the question is why is because all presidents do it. And you'll see later with um, Mr. Dickerson there that um, all presidents take documents and, and rightfully so they're allowed to um, just by uh, the, the powers of the presidency. So moving into uh, another uh, A1 story here, the failed affirmative action campaign that shook Democrats, the Supreme Court will soon rule on race-conscious college admissions, a core Democrat issue, but an analysis of California referendum points to a divide between the party and voters. Most voters don't uh, agree on affirmative action. They believe we've come long enough already, or far enough already, and that the DEI uh, institutions and departments in both universities and corporations have pretty much taken care of, of the quotas of hiring minorities and, and other classes um, to de, you know, you know, make corporations or colleges de-white. I don't really know what the process is now, but most people don't have bias. Um, you know, all colleges or corporations can quota however you want. They want diversity. They can have diversity, but they don't want too many Asians. And that's the problem is, depending on what your criteria is for admissions for colleges, uh, people that meet that criteria should be admitted and not people that don't meet the criteria admitted over the people that meet the criteria because they want a token representation of X group. And that's why it's going to be shot down because of the Supreme Court. And that, and they even did uh, uh, some polling to find out that even Democrats aren't that excited about holding on to uh, affirmative action. It's, it's a relic of um, the great society. And while I believe it was needed at the time, I don't believe it's needed anymore. 
So this is from the style section. This was the cover story for the style section. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. wants to be president. Uh, Cheryl Hines is along for the ride. The Curb Your Enthusiasm actress is beloved in Hollywood and is supporting her husband's campaign. Is she normalizing his often dangerous ideas? And that's the reality here is this article by Caitlin Moscatello. She goes into... Hines, uh, 57, has been in many spotlights during her three decades as a professional actress, but famously for her role as Larry David's wife on Curb Your Enthusiasm. But the new one is different after a lifetime of not being particularly political. She finds herself not only married to a man from a storied American political family, but also attracted to his long shot campaign. Long shot campaign. Why is it a long shot campaign? For the highest office in the country, Mr. Kennedy is the son of the former United States Attorney General, Robert F. Kennedy. And then this is the most important. And it seems clear he will need Miss Hines, who is a unique position of being more recognizable to some voters than her candidate husband, uh, to help soften his image uh, for those put off by his crusade against vaccines and the history of promoting conspiracy theories, such as the false narrative that Bill Gates champions vaccines for financial gain. Certainly not. And conspiracies like the CIA killed his uncle, John F. Kennedy, or there are things in the vaccines that cause uh, autism, particularly the stacked MMR vaccine, whose adjuvants actually work together um, to, uh, in some cases, uh, to cause autism. You know, you could look at the data all you want, so... What about Canada's wildfire uh, exceptionals, exceptional wildfire season? Wildfires started earlier and the highest number and spread across uh, most of the country, burning millions of acres. As climate change turns out to be the country's forest into it turns most more of the country's forest into a tinderbox. Climate change, climate change, climate change, anything. There's no direct evidence that this is caused by climate change. Any sort of climate change, there's no direct evidence that links uh, man-made pollution, or particularly carbon dioxide, to climate change. I'm not saying man-made pollution might not be connected to it, but uh, there are lots of things that could cause uh, climate change, like perhaps burning a hole in the ozone with uh, a plasma beam that was trying to uh, direct... <sighs> I just, I can't keep repeating myself. Uh, I can't uh, keep. So the theory is, is that uh, the United States government shot um, plasma beams into the atmosphere trying to change um, the wind pattern uh, as part as a directing, a directed weather weapon, you could call it, um, so anyway, Canada's burning, at least it is the perception around the world, as hundreds of uh, fires have convulsed the country, tens of thousands have sounded a global alarm about the perils of climate change. Uh, forest fires long existed before any talk about climate change. Um, so China has a spy base in Cuba for years. The actual headline for this um, was China is said to operate Cuba spy base since 2019 because they want to put its its origination under Trump. 
when actually it was Joe Biden that has been looking the other way. It is unclear whether the report might complicate Secretary of State Anthony Blinken's rescheduled trip to, Be- trip to Beijing as meetings that be- uh, begin June 18th. Um, of course, you know, they allow it, uh, just like the Democrats allowed more and more and more. Uh, uh, Chinese spy balloons, uh, they're basically uh, leaving the back door open for the Chinese. Um, this is this was done during uh, multiple Democratic administrations. Um, it's got to stop. So I don't know how we, we're going to take charge of this, but what people have to understand is that that's why you can't sell farmland to the Chinese or a Chinese company that's close to a military base because they put up these listening posts, these surveillance posts. Oh, but Havana syndrome has nothing to do with Chinese electronic warfare. Don't forget that. It's ridiculous. Um, Absurd. Uh, The AI revolution will change work. Nobody agrees how. The original headline in the newspaper was fears... Um, what, what were, what was the exact headline? Fears about AI could be warranted, comma, or not. Um, they should be warranted. Um, and this is, uh, I think this is from the business section, but, uh, AI revolution will change work. Nobody agrees how the, the tally of how many jobs will be affected by world changing technology is different depending on who you ask. Uh, yes, there's going to be a major, uh, job dis, uh, disruption, uh, displacement, and, and that's the least of our worries. Um, and people should be really concerned now that the genie is out of the bottle and everybody's sounding the alarm and we're sounding the alarm even before they deploy the AI. Now that it's deployed, uh, lots of people are going to be out of work because they're not going to hire uh, writers, especially young writers and stuff, to write uh, easy copy if they could just have AI do it because they have to pay those people wage and then they have to pay them uh, health insurance and you don't have to pay that for our robots. So we're not going to go, we know it's dangerous. Um, So we're not going to go into uh, the mischaracterization by the New York Times of saying, oh, it might be a a blessing. It's an AI God that you should worship. And I think we're going to end here uh, with this portion from the New York Times from the editorial board. Of course, Donald Trump should never again be trusted with the nation's secrets. I'm not going to really go into the reading of it, um, but it's just the fact that they, the New York Times calls these uh, charges by the Justice Department legitimate and then warning that he shouldn't be allowed to with nation's secrets. And like I stated earlier during the, you know, it doesn't need any more defenses that all presidents take documents. These are documents that were generated during his administration by his administration. He didn't go into some security vault and walk out with boxes of documents. These are documents that are vital to the history, uh, to the historical record of his administration. Um, so I'm not going to agree with the the editorial board, which has become really, really bad at the New York Times, that Donald Trump should never, of course they're never Trumpers, should never, ever be trusted with the nation's secrets. Come on. I mean, just, just come on. You look at the economy. You look at the state of security around the world. He went after China. The fact that you talk about this shit in the vein of making uh, the national security uh, weaker or more, more vulnerable when it was only Donald Trump was the only president who uh, stood up against China when the president administration is doing the exact opposite and kicking open the, 
the back door for the Chinese and welcoming them, welcoming them right in, just ridiculous. So in that vein, we're going to talk more about. Um, we're going to listen. We're going to hear from um, the heir to the New Hampshire throne, political throne, Chris Sununu, Governor Chris Sununu, about about Donald Trump. So he's a rhino. And um, he he obviously doesn't like Donald Trump. And he is rooting for anybody but Donald Trump. And he never wants Donald Trump to be back in office. And um, so he, the funny thing is, if you look at this, um, this segment, he goes out you know, trying to play to the, uh, his Republican base, not to go too far out on a ledge. But he says, well, it's unequal justice because look at Hillary, look at Biden, and now they're going after Trump. Uh, so see how um, John Dickerson stops him uh, when he starts to go out on that ledge. Governor Chris Nunu, first of all, the Department of Justice is investigating the sitting president. There's a special counsel, so the same, same standard is applied to him. And isn't... Isn't it not the Department of Justice that's applying a different standard, but the politicians who are the same ones in some cases who are applying a, a standard to Donald Trump that they did not apply to others? Uh, most, you know, Hillary Clinton yeah, well, being the primary one. The DOJ has a responsibility to be above it all and should be and historically has been, but recently has not been. And so the average American watches this. You and I are in the weeds, right? We're talking about this issue all the time in the, over the last 48 hours. The average American is looking at this thing for 90 seconds. What? And they're saying, wait a minute, they found files over there. They found a server in Clinton's bathtub over there. They but, found files over here. But, What's the difference? I mean, there are great differences in terms of obstruction of justice in the in the cases of, say, President Biden and what? the case of President Trump, yes. former President Trump. What? Um, so let I me agree. ask you, but uh, we're going to run out of time, unfortunately. So I, hold on. We're going to get you on the other side of that. Come on. That we were talking about the uniform application of standards, whether it's by politicians what? or the Department of Justice. Again, the point I keep going back to is um, the, the average person may, may still think it's political, and a lot of people clearly do. And so if you're going to take unprecedented steps like this, as valid as they are, <laughs> then they have to, again, acknowledge the responsibility of showing all sides of it, showing how it's not political, not just saying, don't worry, it's not political. Come on. They've done that before, and it, it didn't work out so well. So they have the responsibility of showing how it isn't political. When you, uh, when you know it's not a weapon, is it when you know there's no evidence of weaponization, Come on. What should you say to the public? The public may feel one thing, but if the facts of the case suggest more complexity and gray areas, oh, what does a politician of good faith say? <laughs> you just have to acknowledge both sides of this. You really do. You want to change uh, the conversation away from Donald Trump and to get some other candidates and perhaps get another nominee. I don't make money from China. You do. Does this focus in the rallying around the former President Trump uh, make that much more difficult? They cheat. They cheat. You have to be clear and transparent. You're running against this guy. He's whooping you by 40 points. Everybody needs to come out in concert. So it's not just a Chris Christie hitting Donald Trump or this candidate hitting Donald Trump. It is a party message. That's very, very important. Because Donald Trump doesn't represent the Republican Party. What? Former Vice President Mike Pence. Here's the thing that puzzles me. He is by every measure of the old style of politics, a good old fashioned conservative. <laughs> And yet the polling consistently shows that 
three candidates in a similar position, all great people, great candidates, Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, former Vice President Pence, about beyond five, six, seven percent in the polls to get people excited this fall. All right, Governor Chris Nunu. Yeah, <laughs> Chris Sununu sucks. He's a old old school Republican, um, the the type of the conservative party that nobody really liked, um, and less populist. Uh, that their days are over. Uh, Mitch McConnell, your days are over. Chris Sununu, your days are over. We're trying to rescue the republic, Republicans, 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 Republicans. Republicans. It's a republic. Okay? It's it's not a, a democratic uh, stronghold. We're a republic, uh, or a constitutional republic, and so we want to see the Constitution upheld. And things in the Constitution like uh, equal application of the law. So, in any case... We're going to end up here with uh, David Pogue uh, again. Natural disaster. If it's a natural disaster, it has to be climate change. Want to know a better term for global warming? Global weirding. What? I mean, freak snowstorms in Texas? Come on. Wildfires in Siberia? Come on. Thick, smelly smoke from the 400 wildfires burning in Canada. Right now, about 11 million acres are on fire. The Canadian wildfires have burned 15 times more area than average, and winds pushed all that smoke south and then stalled. And the East Coast has been hit by Canada's smoke before, too. Hundreds of miles away in northern Quebec. For now, the smoke is finally clearing out. So, to conclude, Canadian wildfires, not unusual. The smoke reaching this far south, very rare. And Canadian fires this big, this early in the season, freakish. What? The climate science indicates that this could just be the beginning. We're gonna see fires start earlier, last longer. We may look back at this first week of June in 2023 fondly in the future as a relatively modest event. Yeah, well, what I failed to mention from the New York Times article, which admitted, and they actually admitted in this segment too on uh, Sunday morning, CBS Sunday morning, uh, that 50% of wildfires are started by lightning strikes and about half are started by humans. So there was no thunderstorms uh, there were no thunderstorms in the area when the fire started. So it's very likely, uh, actually the evidence points to arson because they were about a dozen fires that started all at the same time. At least that's my take on it. It seems like arson. I might be wrong, could have been lightning strikes, but there were no thunderstorms in the area preceding the fires. So that's an issue there. Um, the funny thing is they edited out of uh, the the video that was available online because I watched the program on television and they they said it in there and I go, oh, I'm going to put that in. And, and then I went uh, 
to the video and it was out. Uh, but it is in the New York Times article, the, the same statistic. So it's either lightning strikes or man-made cause. Uh, you know, whether it has to do with climate change or man-made climate change is another thing. All right, so for me, Rudy's Revelation, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a comment down below. Follow me on social media. We'll see you tomorrow. This is all a conspiracy. You don't know that it's a conspiracy. This is all a. This is all a This is all a This is all a conspiracy. You don't know that it's a conspiracy.